out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The following program is for informational and educational purposes only. This program does not replace medical, mental health, or psychological diagnosis and treatment prescribed by your personal physician, psychologist, therapist, or other health care provider. Please consult your provider for diagnosis and care before beginning or changing any program or idea discussed. Our teens need more support and encouragement than ever before. We need to show them that there are so many accomplishments in their lives that are just waiting to be discovered. This is the Dr. Stem Show with Dr. Stem Malatini. We want teens today to feel valued in their schools, homes, and in the community. The Dr. Stem Show will give the voiceless a voice and the hopeless hope. Now, here is Dr. Stem. Welcome to the Dr. Stamp Show. Today we are talking about a topic that is very close to my heart after having worked with teenagers for over 19 years now. I have a guest who not only has experienced a topic that we're talking today, living and overcoming depression and feelings of suicide. I have with us in the studios, author Latricia Hendricks. Welcome to the show, Latricia. Oh, thank you for having me. Thank you so much. Yes. Letitia just wrote a book, and uh, the book is called Living With... and uh, No, it's actually called Behind Our Faces. That's the name of the book, Thoughts and Reasonings of Suicide. I saw two different covers, actually, when I went on a website, and the book itself tells it all. It has pictures of pills there, and I saw one that has a gun. So it's going to be an interesting topic when she discusses what she has wrote in that book, what her experiences with depression have been, and how she's coping with the depression. Why are we talking about suicide? or teen suicide, you know, the, the show is about educating the teenagers and the parents. So I thought this would be a great topic for us to have someone who experienced in her teenage years depression and thoughts of suicide, the reasons behind a teenager's suicide or anybody's suicide or attempted suicide can be very complex. And although suicide is very rare among the children, the rate of suicides, according to research and the attempts, are said to to increase tremendously during adolescence. And that's why there's a high interest among all of us to want to know what is it that goes on in a teenager's mind to want to come to that point where they're suicidal or they're feeling depressed. Suicide is also the third leading cause of death for 15 to 24-year-olds, according to the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, that is the CDC, after accidents and homicides. It's also thought 
part of at least 25 attempts are made for every completed TUI suicide. So 25 people will attempt suicide and one is successful. And that is a number that is scary because out of 25, we have millions and millions of kids. One is going to be successful. The risk of suicide, is it, it increases dramatically when the kids and teenagers have access to firearms at home. And nearly 60% of suicides in the United States are committed with a gun. That's why maybe, you know what, it probably is not a good thing to keep a gun in the house. So our author today, her book in Living with and Overcoming Depression, which is our segment today, Letitia Hendricks offers a personal insight and understanding into what it's like to just want to die and why. Crisis of society, crisis of faith, the personal hells, you know, that we impose on each other and the personal hell within ourselves. Feelings and reasons are explored, the questions are pondered and hope can be found. Know what your loved one is going through. Find out that you yourself are not alone in these same feelings. Is That's what she wants us to get out of this. That if you are going through the feelings and, you know, the symptoms that she's going to discuss, that you know that you're not alone. If you're a parent that is going out and you have a child that you don't understand, but you feel that there's something, she's saying she's hoping that this show, and that's my hope as well, that this show will be enlightening for you and, um, you know, bring you into that position where you can get the help that you need. Why is um, Latricia the best person to tell us? One, because she wrote the book. It is her biography. She lived it. She is not only uh, a person who has gone and overcome depression and feelings of suicide. She's a mother, an actor, a writer, and a film and television camera operator living and working in the Washington, D.C. area. She also has an interest in producing documentaries and short films. Latricia is also a professional actor and graduate of the National Conservatory of Dramatic Arts in Washington, D.C. She has appeared in several productions such as HBO's The Wire, The Vagina Monologues. I'm still having to watch that one. Now that I'm talking to one of the actresses, I'm going to definitely watch it. And yes, <laughs> And the King's Horseman at Washington Shakespeare Company. She has also done industrials for companies such as A&E, Television, Discovery Channel, and Discovery Classroom, the History Channel, Booz Allen Hamilton, and the Federal Judicial Center. Other projects include print work, indie films, and medical student training, just to name a few, she says. I don't know about a few, Latricia. <laughs> <laughs> but congratulations for those accomplishments and having gone through doing such work with all those companies and the films and the work that you have done. Congratulations on that. Well, thank you very, very much. <laughs> <laughs> and also, I, I, I think, you know, the, the congratulations that comes, you know, from my heart to yours and from our audience to yours is on having the courage to write the book behind our faces, having the courage to come out and say, this is what I went through and this is what, you know, your teenager or any person that is going through depression or thoughts of suicide might be going through. It's not not an easy thing. So for you, not only to write the book 
and, you know, be able to give us this opportunity to grace us on this show and talk to us about it. It's something that we honor and say thank you to, you know, accepting the invitation. Oh, thank you so much. Um, actually, coming out with the book was, um, I have to say, one of the scariest things I had ever done to actually just push that button, um, that email just announcing to everyone that I was coming out on this with this book. But it was amazing, just the feedback and support that I got. And it was even more amazing that other people that I knew about, that I already knew, but I didn't know that they had their own struggles of going through it, and they started sharing their stories with me. So it, yeah. it's just all been just positive, positive feedback. Excellent. And, you know, it, it was because of that, because I get hundreds and hundreds of proposals and people wanting to come to the show. But when I see something like this coming through and we have to review the shows that have, I had to have you on the show because then I knew that it took a lot for you to even, you know, publish the book as well as, you know, being able to come out in the world and go to all these forums that you've done, the work that you've done, that says a lot about you as an individual as well. Yeah, it, it's it's been, I would say it's been hard, but it's yes. been very rewarding at the same time um, just to meet people and, you know, share their struggle and hear their stories and share my story with them and give, you know, just letting them know that it's okay to talk about it. A lot yes. of people with depression are just so afraid that you'll be looked upon as quote unquote crazy or you're there's something wrong with you or mm. you're not good enough, you're not strong enough, you, you should be able to overcome this or just quote another quote unquote was you should be able to just get over it. Um, yeah. it, it just bringing those those misconceptions out into the open and saying to to people, to just the world that it's more than just about um, having a bad day. This is something yeah. that just affects your life, uh, affects your growth, um, affects, you know, the way you want to you strive and accomplish things and affects all of the people around you, too. Yes, yes, yes. Just real briefly, you know, can you tell us about when it is that you started noticing that there was something going on with you as far as the depression started? I can... I can remember back when I was nine years old, um, it, it, the first thing was my, my grades and my focus just completely shifted. And just, um, I don't know, it was just very, I became, I was just like this happy, um, smart, outgoing child, and there was just sort of a shift. And I really do think it had a lot, a lot to do with um, an adolescent shift. There are so many things that can bring depression on, but with me, yeah, it was the grace and the focus and just being able to communicate and feel happy was the thing that's just sort of just what I noticed. I didn't know what it was at, at, at the time. I was just nine years old, but I wasn't um, formally diagnosed with it until I was about 14 or 15. So with the symptoms that you started feeling and, and realizing that, you know, okay, my grades have, have, have fallen because most parents will be jumping on you and going, why are you failing? You're not doing your homework. How, you know, did you deal with that? Did yeah, it was, it, it was also hard for my parents because they didn't understand either yeah. what was going on at the time. There was this, this misconception that, you know, maybe I was just, kind of goofing off, you were fine before, why aren't you fine? But they didn't know either that, you know, 
children can develop depression. I, yes. When I started doing my research for my book, I did not know that children um, could develop depression. I think I read one article as early as like five years old. They can start showing signs of it, and it's misread as things like um, just autism or, you know, just kind of like other disorders or, you know, people just have to kind of like ask themselves, what more is going on here? Is there, is there abuse? Is there a chemical imbalance? Did, was there a death in the family that just kind of sent a, a per, that can send a person into a spiral that they just cannot get out? So there yes. are several triggers and warning signs and symptoms that you can look, look, uh, look for. I mean, just like that hopelessness, you know, that loss of interest. I mean, there, there are signs and symptoms that you can just like look up and just ask yourself on the internet, what is going on with me? I, I, I'm a person, I'm, I'm a different person today than I was yesterday. I'm not thriving. I'm, I'm not living the way I should be. Excellent. And you know what? I will, I, will, I will come back and maybe, you know, talk a little bit more about some of those symptoms that, um, you know, children might be feeling. But what I like about what you just said is that information that you shared that when you see your child's grades or focus decreasing or changing from, you know, that good, vivacious person, happy, outgoing person, and all of a sudden it just plummets and changes the something going on within your child and to have an adult now you know Latricia is now an adult going back and talking about how difficult it was to be able to express to say something else is going on I know I'm doing my best but I I don't even understand it myself what's going on all I know is I don't have the energy I don't have you know the courage to do the things that I used to do so we'll be right back to discuss more about Behind Our Faces a new book about thoughts and reasonings of suicide by Latricia Hendricks. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com How much difficulty do you have getting your employees or your customers to listen to the solutions you can offer? This may be one of the great frustrations in business. It's time to excel. Dr. Stem now offers solutions with her Soft Skills Leadership Training Program and the Women's Executive Leadership Training Program. To reserve your seat in one of her coaching sessions, purchase her books, or to book her services, email her at drstemmalatini at gmail.com. Or go to her website at www.drstem.org. The rise of women into society's most powerful leadership roles ranks among the most profound social transformations of recent decades. Leaders around the world realize that lifelong professional and personal developments are no longer an option. They are a necessity. It's time to excel. Dr. Stem is the personal and professional coach, trainer, and speaker who will take you from ordinary to extraordinary. To book one of her coaching sessions or services or purchase her books, email her at drstemmolatini at gmail.com or go to her website at www.drstem.org. Build a better business. Achieve that goal. Make good on that resolution. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. You are tuned in to the Dr. Stem Show. 
To reach Dr. Stem or her guest, please call into the show at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. If you prefer, you may send an email to drstemmolatini at yahoo.com. Now, back to this week's show. about living with and overcoming depression and feelings of suicide. This information, as much as I do this show for teenagers and parents, I think this information is going to be helpful not only for the teenagers and the children, but it's also helpful for the adults that might go through the symptoms and the feelings that are shared in the book Behind Our Faces and being shared today by the author herself, Latricia Hendricks, who is here with us. And before we went on break, I think we were talking about some signs and symptoms that um, you say people can actually, you know, look up and see um, about depression to be able to understand more about it. There's actually a whole lot of information out there that is written about depression and, um, you know, what it is, the symptoms and everything. So besides going on the Internet, for some people, this is the first time they're going on the Internet listening into shows, but besides that, they have no interest of Googling anything. Then what you can do is you can call your physician or you know you can go and talk to a nurse and get more information on what depression is and how you can help your teenager or help yourself with that so talking about that you were about nine years old did you get any intervention as far as um you know treatment at that age or how old were you by the time that you did no, unfortunately, um, I, it, I, it did not happen to me um, that there an intervention just kind of like took place until I was about fourteen or fifteen. So I basically spent, you know, those those five years of just kind of getting through it. And when I say getting through it, I, I just wasn't getting through it any, uh, very well. I mean, it was just you know the feeling of hopelessness, emptiness, which is you know part of, like, the signs and symptoms of depression, um, just uh, just wanting to sleep all the time, wanting to just kind of, like, revert into my own world where I could find, I guess, what I could call some kind of happiness because I just couldn't find it outside of myself. And just this feeling of worthlessness, restlessness, irritable, um, just, just really hard um, focusing. There were, you know... There were several things, and, you know, I didn't realize until later that even things like aches and pains, I was having um, back pains, chest pains, and my mom, you know, thought they were just like, you know, some people say that you have growing pains, which you do, but but at the same time, it's stress. Stress can cause, you know, physical things to go on in your body, and it was the same thing that was happening to me. Yes. And it also didn't help that there was, you know, incidents of bullying going on um, mm. at school for me. So that made me also kind of withdraw even more, which really worries me about kids today, especially the thing with cyberbullying as well. Yes. I didn't have yes. cyberbullying when I was, you know, a teenager. But now, you know, you see stories of suicide because of just this whole mass media of, of people just... Um, just terrorizing these kids to the point of, you know, they want to commit suicide. They just don't want to live with them anymore. 
And it's interesting that you talk about cyberbullying and, and, and bullying because a lot of the parents that I have spoken to, they actually think that, you know, because it's, because it's not bullying where somebody is actually, you know, being bullied in person and it's on, you know, on the computer or it's on Facebook or it's um, Instagram that, well, you know, I don't understand what they can say bullying because it's just on the phone if they can throw the phone away. But it is so critical that we take this as seriously as if, you know, somebody is actually getting in their face and talking to them and bullying them in person because cyberbullying is big and these kids are going back and forth text messaging and bullying each other, you know, on the internet, YouTube, taking pictures, and, you know, it's it's really vicious. I know. It's, uh. I, I tell people, you know, there was that, that saying that, you know, sticks and stones can break my bones, or, yes. you know, words, and that is just so not true. I mean, it's not. you know, kids, people in general, I mean, think of it, I tell people, you've got to think of it like you're being terrorized. Yes. You're being constantly terrorized, constantly humiliated, yes. um, just and it's it's there for the whole world of you know the whole world wide web system to see, and it is yes. nonstop, it's unrelenting, and there's nothing you can do about it. Yeah, you can turn your computer off, but what happens when you pick up your phone? What happens when you go to school? What happens yes. when you go to work? What happens when you just step outside of your door? It's it's right there. You cannot escape it. And it's, it's pushing these kids to the point where they just don't want to live anymore. And something has got to be done about it. Yeah, right. You're right. So part of it is at 15, what I wanted to know was at 15, 14, 15 years when you finally got the intervention, what happened and how did you get to that point? Um, I, my mother found me a really good therapist. I went through about a year of therapy, and I was, you know, making a lot of progress. But a very interesting thing happened to me, and it's also in the book. My therapist um, left her practice and moved away, Mm. and I ended up uh, with another therapist who turned out to be who I call um, Dr. Wrong in the book. Mm -hmm. Okay, This was supposed to be a trusted adult. And basically, they told me that I was being spoiled, that I just need to suck it up, that um, it, it wasn't the depression, it, there's no such thing, I should be better than this, I should be stronger than this. So that whole year of positive progress just sort of went completely downhill because of this supposed professional adult that shouldn't have been saying these inappropriate and very hurtful things to me when I was just trying to get help for something that's more than just having a bad day. So that's also something else that I tell people and that's in the book, is that when you feel like you're, you're reaching out for help and, and the person isn't helping you or they're harming you even, even more, run in the opposite direction. Don't don't stand around trying to figure out. Well, maybe they know what I, what they're talking about, or maybe, um, like I say, I quote unquote crazy. You're not crazy. If you're not getting help from this person or this group, run in the other other direction. Keep looking until you find the help that you need. Because unfortunately, I was 15 and I didn't know any better. I thought that this adult knew what he was talking about, and so I believed it for like years and years until my early 20s. So once again. I was stuck with struggling with it, 
with it cycling in on itself and just wanting to not do this anymore and not oh, knowing how to get out of it. That's not a good experience. I, I, my mouth is just, you know, in awe um, because when you seek professionals out there, and uh, you know what, I'm not saying that uh, all professionals are all good, but what I also urge people to do is just like you say, don't don't be too trusting because, you know, we have a PhD or we have, an, you know, a doctorate degree or we have a medical degree behind our names. At the end of the day, every one of these therapists are also human beings that you know can be good and can be bad for you so it's okay for you to say you know what my chemistry and your chemistry we don't click is is what the teenagers they tell them you know what feel the person that you click with it's the same even with adults if you're seeking counseling services or you're seeking to talk to someone you're opening up your deeper part of yourself so you want someone that you can trust you want someone that before they can even say what happened this week? You can't wait to go in there and share with them because you know that you get help and you get support, good or bad, that you have done. You know that person is a supportive and neutral person that can help you. So if you, you know, find that you have someone that is not helpful, your gut instinct, because a lot of people don't listen to that gut. Your gut will tell you that, you know what, something is not right. Why is it that whenever I go to this office, I don't feel good? And when it's appointment time, I'm not feeling good. And your gut is doing that. Call the insurance, get somebody else. The database for insurance has got thousands of therapists that are listed in there or physicians that are listed in their database that all they need is a phone call to say, I need somebody else. I can work with this one. No questions asked. And you get to get a new therapy. So thank you for sharing that experience. And you know what? It's sad that we do have professionals that, you know, leave such a reputation when what we're supposed to do is to be helpful and to help, you know, um, children and people that are seeking counseling. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, even saying that, that can also, like, go to another subject that I was thinking about, um, not just healthcare professionals or groups, people in your everyday life. When you feel like you leave or you walk out of the room or, you know, they come over your house, you feel drained. So that's also another interesting point that I'd like to bring up about that, that I think a lot of people will kind of need to think about as well. So what you're saying is sometimes you might not have the supportive people around you that might help you when you're in the situation where you are feeling depressed anyway and you feel worse when you are in that surrounding with them. Is that what I understood it to mean? Oh, absolutely. In in yes. my healing process, it actually did occur to me that there were certain people in my life that I'm just saying to myself, you know what, I was having like a really great day. And then this this best friend comes around, and you know, just hypothetically, they'll they'll talk about how much weight you've gained, or you know, your husband or your boyfriend is probably cheating on you, and you know, you're you should get your kids straight, your house straight, and then you just feel like this awful person when they're gone, and you've got to kind of ask yourself, wow, is it me, or is it this other person that's just kind of helping to suck the life? and the happiness out of me. And it's not that you just want to kind of like throw people in your life away, but at the same time, thinking about distancing yourself from a lot of negativity 
and thinking about uh, all the baggage that, you know, these people, I guess you call, could call, you know, happiness suckers or life suckers or, you know, just kind of think about who you're hanging around with that that might be adding to your stress or, or putting you down without you even realizing or without them realizing it that they're doing it to you. You're right. You're right. And, and I think that's when we talk about self-esteem. Because if you don't have that self-esteem that you know what's good for you and what's not good for you, and you have that, you know, assertiveness and that courage to even tell a person to say, you know what, honestly, I really don't feel like, you know, being around you is a healthy thing for me to do. Because every time we are, we are either arguing about something or you are telling me things that, you know, um, I offend or hurtful to me. So as a result, I can't be around. Then you can be honest and walk away and I, we can't be friends because this is not healthy for me and it's not something that I, I want to do. So that also comes into your assertiveness skills and your self-esteem that it's okay for you to, you know, be selfish and, and, and care about you and, and what's good for you and what's not good. So it's okay to tell people that I can't be around you. It's, it's okay to be in places where you can say, you know what? I don't want to come back in this place again because it's not a, a feel-good place for me. So once again, if you just joined us, we do have uh, the author of Behind Our Faces, Latricia Hendricks, who is opening up and talking about her life and how she has been able to live and overcome depression and feelings of suicide. We're going to take another quick break and we'll be right back. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. As a youth motivational speaker, author, and coach, Dr. Stem understands that in a world where today's youth and parents are jaded and disappointed by institutions and people they perceive as out of touch with the reality of their lives, motivation is a dose that is much needed. It's time to excel. Dr. Stem Malatini is a refreshing change from the typical speaker. Dr. Stem understands the pressures, heartaches, temptations, hopes, and dreams of the generation that is just now coming of age. Students listen in transfixed silence as she speaks with the clarity and confidence of someone who has worked with teens, parents, and teachers for over 20 years. Her high-energy school assembly programs create a defining moment for schools and provide an experience students never forget. To reserve your seat in one of her coaching sessions, purchase her books, or to book her services, email her at drstemmalatini at gmail.com or go to her website at www.drstem.org. The rise of women into society's most powerful leadership roles ranks among the most profound social transformations of recent decades. Leaders around the world realize that lifelong professional and personal developments are no longer an option. They are a necessity. It's time to excel. Dr. Stem is the personal and professional coach, trainer, and speaker who will take you from ordinary to extraordinary. To book one of her coaching sessions or services or purchase her books, email her at drstemmolatini at gmail.com or go to her website at www.drstem.org. Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are tuned in to The Dr. Stem Show. To reach Dr. Stem or her guest, please call into the show at 1-888-346-9141. 
That's one 346 9141 If you prefer, you may send an email to drstemmalatini at yahoo.com. Now, back to this week's show. We are talking today about Behind Our Faces and Latricia Hendricks has been sharing with us the symptoms of depression and how she was able um, to survive it. And she said it herself, I wasn't able to survive it. I actually struggled for about four or five years from the age nine to about 14, 15 until I started to get help. So the the thing that I'm you know happy about is that she's coming with this book, Behind Our Faces, so that your children children or you the teenager do not have to go through the suffering and the struggles of the four years without any treatment, without getting the help. Because what depression is, it's actually a chemical imbalance. And what is a chemical imbalance? It's something that you cannot just say stop, you know, stop doing that. You, you, you have to feel better about yourself. You have to do this and get over it. It's not something that you do that. And that's why that medication that they prescribe you after you've gone to the doctors and they do all the tests and they determine that, yes, you do need medication. It's to help you balance those chemicals that will be imbalanced in your body. So it's very important that you do see, you know, um, physicians or doctors that will be able to help you. But I also want to emphasize another point that she pointed out that, you know, what it's not everybody that will be helpful to you. Some people might not be helpful as the doctor that she saw for a whole year that was, you know, telling her to get over it and that depression was not real. If you do go through that, especially after having gone through for four years, what she's saying is you don't have to stay with that, you know, therapist or with that uh, provider for that long. You can actually pick up the phone and say you want somebody else and go and look for somebody else or make some phone calls within your area and get someone who will be helpful to you. It's always good, I say, for people to interview you. I know when people come to my office, I always ask them, you know, to do a pre-interview where we just talk and see if this is something that, you know, there'll be a chemistry and I'll be able to help them and what they're expecting, you know, from me as far as helping them. And, you know, it's it's a two-way streak. If it's not going to work and the chemistry is not there, I feel it's a disservice for me to sit there and be able to talk to someone when I know that, you know, we are not clicking, and and that's very important that you 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 have that this feeling that we can have a conversation because that's what therapy is. It's a conversation, and it's not only the therapist telling you what to do or you coming in and talking. It's a an interactive conversation that should be able to help you find your way in coping with whatever illness that you have. This segment, I have asked Letitia to talk to us about her experience with suicide because this book is also about depression as well as thoughts and reasonings of suicide. I, so, yeah, I, I guess um, when it came to the actual suicidal thoughts for me, yes, um, the, the, I can I can remember, and it, it was just like a years of like a roller coaster where, yeah, I was completely within the depression that whole time, but there were you know light times and really heavy times, and when I say heavy. There were like these periods where I would, um, I guess like you, would, I, I, I guess I would describe them as have like these nervous breakdowns. Literally, um, it, it's described in the book. Um, I had an episode in school where I basically just sort of like froze is the best 
way I could describe it. And it was sort of like I couldn't hear anyone. Um, all I could hear was, like, people laughing at me. And it was sort of like I became, like, in this vacuum. And there was, like, nothing. It felt like I was made of nothing but pain. Yeah. And all I wanted to do was to hurt everyone around me. And all I wanted to do was to make it stop. Mm. And it was so scary. Uh, my senior advisor literally had to come and pick me up out of the desk and take me to the office because I really, yeah, I had literally a psychotic break. And yes. you become, when, when you get to the point, I guess you would call it crisis point, where you yeah. actually do have the pills in your hand, where you actually do have, you know, that loaded gun, you know, and you're just like contemplating. You, you have the, the, um, the razor blade to your wrist. It's sort of like you go through, well, I mean, I can't, I can't step into anybody else's pain, but I can describe it to you is that it sort of like became rational to me. Yes. It, it, it sort of felt like I was making the right choice because in the end, I kind of said to myself, well, I, it's going to make it all stop. And I'm going to stop getting on everybody else's nerves. I'm, I'm going to stop getting on my nerves. I'm just going to stop hating myself. And it's really sad to say that it does become to the point where it really does feel like a rational choice, unfortunately. And you're lucky, and I was lucky, that, you know, maybe I was able to stop myself. Maybe I was able to say to myself, I, I can't leave my son behind. Maybe I was able to pick up the phone and call someone and say, hey, can you stay on the phone for me for five minutes? Because I am in that, that period, again, where I am about to end it. So it is a very dark and scary place, but at the same time, it kind of makes sense to you, which is scary as well, and that's what it was like for me. You know, there's research that actually, you know, has been following what the risks are for teenagers to be at risk for suicide. And, you know, what I want to do is share with some people because then they wonder, you know, what is it that will drive, as you say, a kid to be to that point where you get to a point where life doesn't matter anymore. And even if you have friends and people that care, it doesn't matter anymore. And, you know, according to research, you know, because adolescence is a different difficult time anyway. They say those people that are at risk for suicide are young people with mental health problems, you know, such as anxiety, the depression, as Latricia was, you know, explaining to us today. Well, they, those are higher risks when they have the depression and the anxiety. And most of the time I say to the parents, listen to your child, look around and see the changes. Latricia has shared with us that at nine years old, things started changing. All of a sudden, things started changing. When you see a sudden change like that, yes, I know that, you know, come adolescence, things are going to change and the teenager is going to change because, you know what, it's that, you know, um, time when changes are occurring, but there's certain changes that you know, you know, without a shadow of a doubt that this is beyond just being a teenager, so let me go ahead and listen and get my child help. Some of the, you know, uh, triggers that might, you know, trigger suicide, you know, divorce if a parent is divorcing, some teenagers take that very deeply 
and it's you know really something that they cannot cope with they can't deal with if you see your teenager being you know constantly or ex- extremely agitated irritating irritated and easily irritated sometimes that will get to that point where they can't take it anymore and those are signs as well where researchers talked about that being a, a risk a family history of depression or suicide emotional physical or sexual abuse if that is in the family those are some of the symptoms that also might you know have you open your eyes and just be aware that maybe something else might be happening to my child dealing with bisexuality or homosexuality that is very high because most families are unsupportive of uh, teenagers uh, that are coming out even adults that are coming out so that could be a high risk for someone to be suicidal and not wanting or finding a reason to live are there any warning signs that um, you can share with us that maybe teachers, parents can look at, Latricia? Um, just that, that if, if you notice that your, your child has just changed, this, yes. is, this all of a sudden is not the child that was, you know, your child yesterday. If you start noticing things like, you know, um, just wanting to sleep, not wanting to communicate, crying, um, trying to hide their crying. Um, if they're, if you notice that they're um, hiding their arms and their legs a lot, they might be cutting. It's just like there are so many things that, just like you said, gut instinct. And yes. instead of coming down on them like a ton of bricks, just sit down. I mean, you can just start with a hug and say, hey, I love you. What is going on? Talk to me. Or if you, or say to them, if you can't talk to me, talk to somebody else you can trust. But I love you, and, and I want to help you. When you start yelling at a kid, they shut down. And that happened a lot to me, unfortunately. Uh. But, I mean, if you just sort of, like, leave that door open and go with your gut instinct, okay, let me, you know, maybe just kind of, like, uh, pay attention to the sleeves on, you know, the shirt. Let Let me kind of pay attention to, you know, see if she's crying a lot. Let me look at her eyes. What is going on with my child that they just don't seem like they're happy anymore, that they don't seem like they're a child anymore. And and it's it, and I know it's scary, and I know a lot of parents don't know how to talk to their children. So you go online, you get information. You go to the, to the therapist and say, hey, look, something's going on with my kid. I don't know how to talk to him. Can you help me figure out how to do this? Before you even take your child to the therapist. As and long guess as you're what? there for them, that's the important thing. I've also noticed that if if you're able to find, you know, to have siblings, if you have siblings in there, sometimes those siblings are very helpful in talking, you know, with each other, among each other, even friends, to have them talking, you know, among each other to get more information in addition to the therapy that, you know, they'll be receiving and professional services that, you know, but just to get that information, whether this is something that you need to take further and, you know, have assessed, it's always good to get and gather all the information. So thank Thank you for sharing that. Some of the warning signs, because you know what, I want the audience out there to also understand that suicide among teens often occurs following a stressful life event in in your life at school 
or at home. That is when they break up with their boyfriend, you know, a divorce is happening. There's a death in the family. There's a major conflict in the family. They will be, those will be signs that will drive them to the edge. So what we'll do is we'll take another quick break. And when we come back, I'll just start off, you know, with a rundown of some of the warning signs to help you to be able to identify when your teenager is depressed as well as maybe when you as an adult is getting into that mode where your mood swings are changing and your mood itself and your energy is not, you know, as it always has been. So we're going to take another quick break and we'll be right back. Find out what makes the most successful people tick. Keep listening to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com As a youth motivational speaker, author, and coach, Dr. Stem understands that in a world where today's youth and parents are jaded and disappointed by institutions and people they perceive as out of touch with the reality of their lives, motivation is a dose that is much needed. It's time to excel. Dr. Stem Malatini is a refreshing change from the typical speaker. Dr. Stem understands the pressures, heartaches, temptations, hopes, and dreams of the generation that is just now coming of age. Students listen in transfixed silence as she speaks with the Clarity and confidence of someone who has worked with teens, parents, and teachers for over 20 years. Her high-energy school assembly programs create a defining moment for schools and provide an experience students never forget. To reserve your seat in one of her coaching sessions, purchase her books, or to book her services, email her at drstemmalatini at gmail.com or go to her website at www.drstem.org. How much difficulty do you have getting your employees or your customers to listen to the solutions you can offer? This may be one of the great frustrations in business. It's time to excel. Dr. Stem now offers solutions with her Soft Skills Leadership Training Program and the Women's Executive Leadership Training Program. To reserve your seat in one of her coaching sessions, purchase her books, or to book her services, email her at drstemmalatini at gmail.com. Or go to her website at www.drstem.org. We're on Facebook, along with some of the greatest minds of the world. And that includes you. Visit us on Facebook at Voice America Empowerment. You are tuned in to the Dr. Stem Show. To reach Dr. Stem or her guest, please call into the show at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. If you prefer, you may send an email to drstemmalatini at yahoo.com. Now, back to this week's show. If you're just joining us, as I say today, we are talking about leaving and overcoming depression and feelings of suicide. And before we went on break, I was talking about the warning signs that you might want to look for because a lot of people are not aware of what the warning signs are. And I had just mentioned that suicidal thoughts or even suicide itself, it often occurs following a stressful life event, such as problems at school, a breakup with a boyfriend or girlfriend 
and the death of a loved one, a divorce or a major family conflict. So uh, if you have teens who, you know, might be thinking about suicide, you'll find out that they'll talk more about suicide or death in general when they're just talking. They give hints that they might not be around anymore. They talk about feelings of hopelessness and just feeling guilty. And most of the time they'll pull away from family and friends and they just want to be alone and sitting alone and not being bothered. Some of them will write poems, they'll write songs, they'll sing songs or letters uh, of death and, and just not being around if you listen to the lyrics of the songs or look at the poems or look at the pictures that they're drawing. Look for those signs of um, you know tombstones with their name on it or something. They might lose the desire to take part in favorite things or activities and have trouble sometimes thinking or concentrating. Latricia said that, that her grades started to plummet and you know she was changing. She couldn't focus her in, in class anymore. Experience changes in eating or sleeping habits is one of the symptoms that they might go through engaging in risky, risky behaviors that no matter what you tell them, they don't even want to listen to you. And mostly they might lose interest in sports or in school. So what we want to hear is um, Latricia has written this book that will outline the symptoms for you because she has the signs and symptoms of depression and suicidal feelings, you know, for yourself or your loved ones. And she's got the main points in there that are outlined in there. So if you're one of those people that don't want to be on the computer, on the Internet, and, you know, the technology get the book because that's the best way for you to have a handbook with you that will tell you what the signs symptoms are, what to look for and how to get the help. Where can they get your book, Latricia? Um, you can order the book uh, both. You could get the hard copy from Amazon. There's also the Kindle one that you can also get from Amazon and you can buy it from Buy Books on the Web and I believe you can also purchase it from Borders Books. But at the, I think the easiest place to find it would probably be Amazon in both the hard copy and um, the e, you know, Kindle edition. Excellent, excellent. Good for you that you did the Kindle because a lot of people now want to be just downloading the book and reading on Kindle rather than a hard, you know, copy book. So that, that's great that you did that. Now, I have one question that, you know, some parents out there might want to know since you've gone through it. I know you're a parent yourself now. Do the doctors or, you know, I mean, say that your children might be at risk for being, um, you know, depressed as well since you went through it? Uh, yes, um, absolutely. Actually, um, anxiety disorder and um, depression do run in my family. Um, my son actually turned 17 yesterday. So oh. I'm always kind of like checking in with him to see if he's okay. Um, what do you want? What do you need? What's on your mind? Are you happy? If you're not happy, what, what, what do you think would make you happy? Just kind of like checking in with him and yes. not like so burdening, you know, not burdening him with a bunch of questions, but just <laughs> knowing that, letting him know that I, yeah. I can, I'll be there for him. Yes. Is, you know what? Yeah. Um, that, just because it's something that he thinks it's bad, don't be afraid to talk to me about it, that I'm not going to be upset, that I'm not going to come down on him, that I'm not going to tell everybody in the family, that I'm not going to embarrass him, humiliate him, that he can, that the door is open and it's, yes. and it's a safe door for him to walk through to come to me. And that's, you know, what I want parents 
to do. And that's how I want teenagers to feel about their parents or somebody they can trust. Excellent, because one of the things that, you know, some parents do is they have gone through the depression or sometimes it skips a generation. Their parents might have been depressed or there's depression in the family and then it skips them. They don't, you know, become depressed or they have gone through the depression and overcome it and now are functional. But then forget that when they have children that they could be prone to being depressed as well. And that's something that, you know, um, I wanted parents to understand from you, uh, mother, who has experienced it and how you are on the lookout and, and open that it might happen to your children and that you'll be open to understanding and seeking help and having an open door where they can come in and talk about it. Oh, absolutely. Just it, he, I, he did go through a period of just, and I think it was more like other kids, just listening yes. to other kids saying, and I hear this a lot talking to teenagers. I say to them, I'm, I say, well, can you talk to your parents? A lot of them say, I don't want to bother them. Mm. And I have to say mm. to, to, the, to the teenager, well, think of if something happened to you, if, if you got sick or, or, God forbid, you did kill yourself, do, do you think that maybe your parent would say as an afterthought, oh, my gosh, I wish... They come to me. Don't feel like you're bothering your parents. Your parents love you and care about you. And if you're not finding support through them, they might be going through something. Find it through somebody else. But do not give up until you get help, until you find help and that you are not alone. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for sharing that information. As I said, Latricia Hendricks is the author of the newly published book, Behind Our Faces, Thoughts and Reasonings of Suicide. I'll tell you what one customer review says, which was uh, of interest to me, and it gave her five stars out of five stars of a rating. Um, and she says, Behind Our Faces, Thoughts and Reasonings of Suicide by Latricia Hendricks is a compelling book based on true experience of the author. It offers insights into the dark world of depression and provides a glimpse into what it is like to want to give up on life. This book is an important resource for anyone who has suffered from depression and or contemplated suicide. I am grateful that Latricia Hendricks was able to write this book and share her story, which is a source of hope to those who are struggling with this issue and the loved ones who are standing by feeling helpless, grappling with this tough situation. Behind our faces is important because it leaves us with a ray of hope. We learn that regardless of any challenges we face at any given moment, that the time will come when this time of despair will be something in the past. If you know of anyone who is deeply depressed and or contemplating suicide, please remember that there is help for you. And you know what? There is actually a hotline for a suicide hotline that because we're doing a show on suicide, we want to make sure that you have the resource. And that number is 1-800-273-8255. 1-800-273-8255 that you can reach out to someone that will be able to help you and share those uh, feelings that you have. So for those parents that are saying, well, what can I do? You heard 
heard it from Latricia. She says, you know what? Watch and listen. Keep a close eye on your teenager, you know, because then they might be depressed or withdrawn or seeing any symptoms of changes that they might be in there. Keep an open door where they can come in and talk to you without judgment and make sure that you don't share what they share with you with other people, especially their friends, because that's one thing that teenagers don't want. But guess what? I'm wondering how Letitia's kids are going to do with this because then I can only imagine when you have a mom that has written a book about it and, you know, <laughs> and, and, and the family secrets are out. How is he dealing with that? Um, very well. I, I leave, I, I, I've written the book in such a way that it doesn't really specify too many things. As far as like my son, he's like really understanding about it. He's actually very shy, but very strong at the same time. Especially, you know, he's 17 now and I was just like looking at him today and he's actually a really strong kid. But, um, the family itself, I, I think I just did it in such a way that it doesn't really to name names. It's sort of like it's yes. general enough to be safe in the family. So yeah. yes. I did it yes. in that way. So. Great, great. Because I know, you know, for teenagers, usually that's something that they'll be embarrassed about. But then, you know what, if your son gets to listen to this year, I hope he will be proud of his mother for being able to help other teenagers, you know, to understand and to get help out there so that they don't have to struggle and they don't have to lose their lives because there's no help. Now that people will understand, they'll look out for them. They don't have to, you know, put the burden on themselves to be the ones that are looking for the help. But somebody else is going to ask them, do you need help because I'm seeing a change in you and I'm thinking that, you know what, I need to hold your hand. I need to be able to help you out. And that's very helpful when you get into that depressed mode. I also urge the parents to ask questions because some parents are reluctant, as Letitia said in our discussion today, you know, they'll be reluctant to ask questions and the kids will be reluctant to talk to the parents because they don't want to bother you. So will the parents, they don't want to bother or hurt their, you know, their their child by asking questions. But uh, sometimes this is the only thing that could, you know, save them. It means life or death by you being able to ask those questions. So I hope that this show has been helpful to all of you that are listening in and mostly there's more information what we discuss was just a synopsis just you know a little bit of information that is covered in the book behind our faces thoughts and reasonings of suicide which as I said outlines anything and everything that you might want to hear from someone who has gone through it and overcame the feelings of depression and suicide so thank you so much Latricia for being on the Dr. Stem show Oh my gosh, thank you so much for having me. I'm I'm so glad that we finally, you know, got a chance to talk. Thank you so much for having me on your show. You're welcome and best wishes on the book. So for those of you that are listening, this is Dr. Stem Matlatini. Thank you for listening. Until next time. Thank you for listening to The Dr. Stem Show. Please join us next Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time, and 9 p.m. GMT on the Voice America Empowerment Channel for another enlightening show. Have a terrific week.